Good morning, everybody. Welcome to day 275 of the One Year Bible. I'm here with Shelby. Hello. Shelby, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I'm I'm Shelby. <laughs> um, I've been here at Gold Creek since my oldest, who is now 17. I was pregnant with her, so we've been here for quite a while. I have three kids, uh, a senior, a freshman, and a seventh grader, and a husband of 20 years. It also just happens that you also um, teach Bible Study Fellowship, right? Did I say that right? BSF. Yes, I don't teach it. I do it. You do it. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking at this. What are some tips you've learned from BSF that you utilize in your reading? Um, just to look at everything uh, in context. So okay. everything, figuring out the audience, figuring out um, the time, knowing what is going on, what has been said before, what has been said after, okay. what they're referring to. It makes for a lot better understanding. That's good. That helps kind of, um, good reminder to kind of keep our eyes maybe open a little wider as we're mm -hmm. reading this. Yes. Um, I was thinking about this today and we just read Isaiah 55 that I really like. And it was just a reminder to me, um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, but it was like, listen to me, give ear and come to me, hear me that your souls may live. It's, it says, let your souls delight in the richest affair. And I think I'm probably quoting the NIV version, but it's talking about you know, God's word feeds our souls mm -hmm, and I feel like especially in these times that we're living in now we just need to have our souls restored and God's word is so useful for that so mm -hmm. it's really easy um, especially for those of us that are on staff we've done this multiple years in a row mm -hmm. it's easy to kind of do it by rote or to listen to it or read it and not really take it in and not really be paying attention to what's being stated mm -hmm. um, but if we will allow it to, you know, sink in, go beyond our head, you know, into our hearts, God will use this to restore our souls and fill us back up. So I hope that as you're doing this, that you're not just going through the motions, that you'll let it fill you up and let God speak to you yeah. through his word. Yeah. So just, I love that passage in Isaiah 55, and I just thought I would mm -hmm. bring that up before we get into this. Sounds good. We actually have Isaiah 66 today. <laughs> so Shelby, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So Isaiah 66 is now closing out the, the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah's got a tough job. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's bringing, he's, this is definitely a don't shoot the messenger type right. situation. Yeah. So he's bringing not the best news um, to, to the Israelites. Basically, God is, has kind of had it for quite a few chapters in Isaiah. <laughs> and he gets the joy and the privilege of letting them know just how displeased God is with them and right. where they've fallen short and everything else. But what's mm -hmm. beautiful is you come near the end of Isaiah and God is all about redemption. You know, yeah. he's all about hope. He's all about restoring and redeeming um, even the worst of the worst. And so that's, we always, you know, I liked it because we end on a, on a, a hopeful note, but 66 also breaks down just who God is. So it shows like he's the creator. So it goes back into like all of the things that he's done He's the provider, the sustainer. He's the judge, um, but he's a righteous judge. So there's so many things that are just built into this last chapter yeah, that that's good. is a beautiful um, segue into the New Testament. Right out of the gate in verse 2, I like that this says, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. And I think we had talked about this, that humility and I think I'm using the word contrition, is that Ooh, that's proper? a big word. I don't even I don't even know what that means. Let's just stick with humility. <laughs> that humility almost seems like again, I'm probably not phrasing this properly, but a lost art these days. Yes. Um, yes. 
it's just so easy to I just feel like our society is so fast paced mm -hmm. and it's me ahead of you and move out of my way look out I'm coming through yeah it just seems like humility gets lost yeah easily. and that idea of meekness I mean right. you know for instance Jesus is is called meek um, and we always think oh meek rhymes with weak and that's really mm -hmm. not it's that meekness is that strength and humility yeah. that that come together that's very very powerful it's just by our uh, worldly you know standard it's not looked upon with the same type of value as I think that it should that's good and God reminds us here I feel like that the things that he finds favor in they're often like you're saying different than what we what we may value mm -hmm. his values are different um, verse I can't even read my own writing here um, oh I had written fear the Lord as the beginning of wisdom and yeah. so just kind of that just that former verse reminded me of that idea. Mm -hmm. um, verse three says those who <laughs> I can read my writing. <laughs> yeah, hope, hope. Yeah. yes, that is correct. Um, it goes on to say delighting in detestable sins will not have their offerings accepted. Those who chose their own ways found it. It's chose will not have their offerings accepted. Um, Again, and so just talking about going your own way, mm -hmm. um, it says, I will send them great trouble. For when I called, they did not answer. When I spoke, they did not listen. And we had mm. talked about our kids. <laughs> um, when you, the frustration of calling your children, these people that we bore, yes. thinking that they, I feel that they have an obligation to answer. That you is my, that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you were talking about in-ear technology just serves to further complicate the whole si yes. situation. So the earbuds that yeah. seem to be in the ears all the time. Yeah, and I'm looking for some sort of device that I can override that and actually talk through the, right. air, the AirPod. Like, I think that that would be very effective. So we kind of have a sense of how frustrating it is when we call our own kids and they don't answer. And so God is saying the same thing here. I called and they did not answer. I spoke yeah. and they didn't listen. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, can I ask you, how do you recognize, I'm going to ask. Okay, <laughs> let's go there. When God is speaking to you, how do you, I know that's a personal question, but yeah. how do you tend to recognize his voice? <laughs> well, I tend to be a little bit um, on the slow side. So sure. there's a lot of times that God has to be not very subtle. You know, that whole idea of God whispers and you hear, I'm more of the like, he gets a good solid hold and has to shake sometimes. But then there are other times if I have been more in, more in tuned and I actually am in his word more, because that's when I can hear him is mm -hmm. when I am more in his word. And then I am more in tune to hearing the subtleties. For me, it's more about he impresses on my heart. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not the audible, although I wish it were. You know what I mean? Like the don't eat that or something <laughs> along those lines that really like impacted you. But, but it's, it's the impressing on my heart of, of reaching out to somebody or mm -hmm. of that conviction of like this isn't right or every part of me says this is wrong. And, and, uh, and I know that's from the Holy Spirit because, you know, if we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, he will guide us and he will help us and he will... Um, lead us in ways that are in line with God's God's will for us. That's good. Okay, that's really good. How about um, you? I think <laughs> kind of similar to what you're saying. I will just occasionally I'll have a thought, you know, an idea will come into my brain that I don't think was uh, that I usually. It tends to to distinguish itself from mm -hmm. other thoughts I feel like you're like I um, did not come up with that on my own well and like you're saying that I don't always get it the first time around and so the idea will present itself again yeah and I think he's good like it's, that yes <laughs> repetitious. yes he is yes gracious and that he'll repeat it until I finally realize oh I need to mm -hmm. he's giving me a prompting and 
I should act on this. So, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the peace that comes with obedience. Right. You're like, yes, that was from God. I obeyed. I feel peace. Even if it's chaotic, even if it's a hard decision. Right. That's good. Yeah. Um, verse 18 stood out to me in this chapter too. It says, I can see what they are doing and I know what they are thinking. And that harkens back to second Kings 19, 27 for me when, um, Sennacherib, who Ooh. was, I believe, the chief of staff for the king of, I- of I almost said Assyria, the king of Assyria. And he had delivered um, the king's message to King Hezekiah. And he was basically saying, we're going to attack you. And there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do. You won't be able to withstand our power. And God, through Isaiah, gave him a message. And he said, oh, I know you well. I know where you stay and when you come and go. And so this verse in in this verse 18 reminded me of that. I know what they're doing and I know what they're thinking. And just both those verses to me just drove home the idea that um, God is just not out there floating around this ethereal idea. Mm-hmm. He's aware of what's going on. Very aware. He knows where we are. He knows what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. He's the knower of all things. So I just love when the Bible's so specific like that and yeah. just gives us a glimpse of who God is even mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's very personal. Um, what else you were talking, uh, finish out the chapter because okay. you were kind of talking about where this chapter goes. Um, well, then it just moves down and it, uh, it just talks about, um, that all humanity will come to worship me from week to week, from month to month as they go out, they will see, well, okay, then it gets into like some of some gross things, but anyway, um, so anyway, it talks about how eventually whether whether people are inclined or not they will know truth and they will know who god is and so it, it goes back to referencing about you know um in the name of jesus you know every knee will bow and every tongue will profess that he is lord and so that's a, a theme that is repeated throughout the bible that it's this seeking for you know for jesus as lord as the messiah that is the only thing that can save and eventually everyone will know it that's good um, I just was thinking about the references to Jerusalem and Israel in here and even what's going on in mm-hmm. our modern day context with the country of Afghanistan. Yeah. And I heard a news commentator say recently that what is happening in Afghanistan will affect Israel. And the Bible instructs us to pray for Israel. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating that even this is a country that got its name in biblical times right. when God changed was Jacob. Jacob's name. Changed yeah. Jacob's name. That was when the country of Israel got their name. It's still Israel today. And they're still God's people. And so mm-hmm. we're, the Bible is very relevant. We're instructed to pray for the nation of Israel. Yeah. And um, when there are things happening in the Middle East, we should be paying attention. Yes. Yes. So anyways, yeah, just some things to keep in mind. today are very prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. Things are happening at kind of some rapid paced things. Yeah. yeah. Moving into Philippians 3, so going from Old Testament to the New Testament, now we're looking at the Apostle Paul, another good book that he wrote. Yes. Um, this chapter has a little humor in it to me, the way it starts off. He is giving us his pedigree. I know. I do. What's your favorite part? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard. The fact that he was, you know, he's a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. And not only is a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, he's a member of the tribe of of Benjamin he's a he if there's ever I love this part a real Hebrew if there ever was one so just in case you were worried about people as posers or faking the he, I mean like he was legit <laughs> legit yes yeah that so that's his I, insta handle right had yeah one. legit legit Hebrew <laughs> hashtag I don't know but um so yeah and I I it's like I love Paul because Paul sometimes is, can be boastful and so sometimes you're like all right move 
move along. But it, it, he is painting this. So it's like we think so much about ourselves. Like we think about it's so important to write down. Like you think about a resume and you write down all right. of the things so you can get this job, right? How great am I? You know, how, how am I good for this job? And so he's letting you know like he is he's he's the cream of the crop. Right. But yet then he considers it all garbage. Right. Right. <laughs> in relationship to uh, what his you know, his, his value in Christ is. That's good. Um, we talked about your kids. You have two that are runners. Yes. And so I was thinking of them when I read this. Verse 12 has some wording in it that I like. It says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ um, first possessed me. So I just like the wording there. Mm-hmm. And verse 13 says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. And so you've got two races in your family. Yes. So tell us about their training. And I know this, this says forgetting what is behind. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine that when Grace and Luke are racing, they're not looking behind them. No. What do you know about their training process? (laughs) They hate it. (laughs) Um, No. And it's, it's one of those things that it is because they, they're doing cross country. So it's, it's long. It's not a sprint. It's Mm. not track. It's one of those things that you have to think about sustaining yourself. How will you sustain yourself? Mm. You know, there's parts of the course that are really hilly that, you know, like I'm coming up to a switchback and Mm. it's going to be brutal. So how do I prepare myself? How do I sustain myself? Um, And that's the same thing with our relationship with God. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many things in our life that are difficult, that are hard, that he is what sustains us. And so sometimes we got to we got to really be in the word when we can see that hard times are coming. And um, and yeah, I mean not looking behind you so much. My kids, I'm always like, get out of your head, get out of your head. Because so much of it is like one, I did this last time when I was on this course or this other course, I feel like I didn't do well in this part. And it's like, you got to drop that. You got to move forward because the prize is ahead of you, not behind you. That's good. So we actually have a study starting here on Tuesday nights. Get out of your head, women's study. Oh, I do love, I have done that one. It's very good. (laughs) It was good. good. Um, Anything else you want to pull out of here that really stood out to you? Philippians 3? Um... No, I I love Philippians. I do because Mm -hmm. of the fact that you see Paul from where he's writing. I mean, he's writing in prison and he's just encouraging. He's encouraging this church to press on. And it's like he's coming from a place of prison, Mm -hmm. you know, so who better to say you can do this. Press on. Right. You know, keep looking forward. And he's as he's, you know, chained in a prison. He gives us a reminder in verse 20. He says, but we are citizens of heaven where Jesus lived and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though it seems maybe like that day is long in coming, um, in 2 Peter it says he's not slow. He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish. And so just like there was a time in the Old Testament when they were waiting for the Messiah to be born, now we're waiting for him to return. Exactly, exactly. That's good. Now we move into the Psalms, and I already confess to you that (laughs) this is not my favorite author, David. This was a different author. Um, But I did. Preferable to David, aren't you? Like (laughs) nobody else can write a Psalm. David's the only one. But I did come to make friends with this Psalm. Um, So, what did you, were there things that you stuck out to you in here that you liked? Well, it's another hard one. You know, it's kind of like Isaiah where there's a little bit of doom and gloom. You know what I mean? Yeah. In it where it's yeah. like, and I love his cry that he's saying, how long, oh God, will you allow your enemies to insult you? Like he's, he values God mm. so much that it's like the idea of anyone speaking ill or, or, you know, disparaging God's name is yeah. just, 
hard on his heart. And I feel like yeah. we should all feel that way. Right. You know, we should grieve um, when we see, you know, people taking the Lord's name in vain. You know what I mean? Right. Those types of things. And so, um, and then, you know, he goes back and just to say like, why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash your powerful fist and destroy him. I liked that part because I do like the justice of things. You right. know, sometimes... You know, I like the angry table turning Jesus at times. Um, so that always resonates with me where it's like, yes, like I want God to, I want God to bring about justice. Right. But at the same time, like you said, going back to the, um, the verse that he is patient, right. not wanting anyone to perish. Right. So I, I am impatient. Luckily, I am not the judge and jury <laughs> of right. the world. Right. And he is. So. That's good. I liked some of the verbs in here. Um, Verse two says, remember um, that we're your people that you chose long ago. And then it says in verse three, walk through the awful ruins of the city. Um, The NIV says, turn your steps towards. So that had caught my attention as well. Um, Yeah, I just later, a little later on in the chapter, it says, you, O God, are my king from ages past. You split the sea by your strength. Mm -hmm. You crush the heads. And so I I was like when there's kind of recurring, Mm -hmm. you know, repeating patterns, um, well, I think it's so important anytime we look at any scripture is to know who God is, know his characteristics, know his attributes. Um, that's how we can, um, anything that we come across in our daily lives, like bring it back to like, who is God? Right. You know, like what does his word say? Does it line up with truth? And so as we go through a lot of these scriptures, it's so important to be like, you know, what are the attributes of God? Right. How do I see the attributes of God in this? That's good. So it's really good. Justice. I really think like I like the justice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I was kind of picturing the Incredible Hulk when you were oh, nice. speaking okay. earlier. That's probably not accurate, but probably not. Um, okay, well, moving into our short little Proverbs passage, we've got yes. Proverbs twenty four fifteen to sixteen. Take it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, this is always just like it's kind of like a you know. I don't know, 16 says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. And that's always that like, and here we go again. And here we go again. But God is always encouraging us. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to go down for, in my case, way more than seven times. And, and so, you know, I'm encouraged each time, like, you know, you get knocked down, you get back up. It's good. So that's good. On that note, I think we will (laughs) say thank you for joining us. Hang in there with your one-year Bible reading, and hope to see you tomorrow.